You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, Godzilla becomes a father and fights off a giant spider in 1967's Son of Godzilla. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another spectacular edition. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, wow, you're really you're overselling it. What uh, if the, what if this is our worst episode of the Bonzilla podcast? Yeah, hmm. I don't, I don't know. You really. Uh, what do you think is our worst episode? You're, you're putting you're putting a lot of pressure on 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 me. Do you have a worst? Do you have a worst episode, Will? Uh, I don't know, but I do know that uh, last week's or the our previous episode definitely is one of our best. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I've gotten many uh, compliments on that, and to a certain degree, uh, I do feel that it is. Uh, the reason we do the show uh, for episodes like, like uh, yeah. uh, Re- Return of uh, Godzilla or, so, or Godzilla 2, Gigantus, the fire monster, mm-hmm. Live and Let Die. Thunderball was a good episode. That, that's what we make yeah. these for. King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, that, I, I re-listened to that episode uh, quite recently. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway. I've learned a lot by re-listening to this podcast. Yeah. Not just about, I mean, I already know about all the Bond stuff. It's more, it's more of a personal thing. I learned a lot about myself re-listening to mm-hmm. these episodes. Um, so let's, uh, are, are, are we going to, are we going to talk about, uh, Godzilla this week? Yeah. Well, there's no fucking the future out of a woman this week. Uh, no. But, uh, 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 yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, I don't know. Like, uh, you, you know, that, I don't know. That, that brightens up one's day. <laughs> you you kind of miss it when it's not there. <laughs> right. Am I right? Um, right, I, I think you're right. Uh, but you know, uh, let's let's step back from that a little bit, and uh, let's get back into the uh, the sphere of Godzilla, the the umbrella, the canon. Let's, let's as step it back were. into the kaiju the world, ki- <laughs> and uh, we are going into our eighth Godzilla film, and that is Son of Godzilla, released in 1967. Alternate titles, Nick. I know you love your alternate titles. Yes. Uh, the American title for this was, or no, this wasn't even the American title. Technically, I think this was the translated title. Uh, was <clears throat> get ready for this. You know, you gotta you gotta pump yourself up for these Japanese titles. Your hype war is a hype episode. I yeah. hyped it up at the beginning. You're hyping up these titles. It's a hype 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 time. Get ready. Monster Islands, decisive battle, <laughs> son of Godzilla. <laughs> One of those things, actually, two of the two or three of those things is a lie. <laughs> uh, um, I, and I don't want to spoil it. Uh, the Son of Godzilla thing is definitely true. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah, uh, and uh, the directed by returning director uh, Jun Fukuda, or Jun Fukuda, who uh, directed our previous Godzilla film, Abira Horror of, of the, the Deep. deep. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, of the deep. Of the deep, <laughs> um, okay. Of the deep, Morty. Yes, uh, of the deep, yeah, Morty. The, the giant lobster. It, it's, it, 
It's the water monster, Morty. It's it's, it's a horror, Morty. It, it's a horror, Morty. You, of the deep. You, you just gotta trust me on this one, Morty. <laughs> um, straight off the lobster tail of a beer horror of the deep. Um, it's like you know. Sometimes you always talk about well, what success uh, leaded to what what led up to making another Godzilla movie or what led up to making a franchise. Sometimes it's like, all right, well, you know, we made the Avengers, so now we can experiment a little bit more with Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Uh, in the case of Toho uh, in the '60s, it's just like, all right, it's the next year, let's make a Godzilla movie. Seems like it. <laughs> so, Nick, do you remember on our last Godzilla episode? Do you remember? I do. Okay. I listened to it. In yeah. that episode, we had talked about that that film was originally supposed to be a King Kong film. Yes, that was uh, true. But unfortunately, they Toho could not make a King Kong film because they uh, did not own any of the rights. And it would be illegal to yeah. make a King Kong film. That is that is film copyright for you <laughs> folks. But it appeared that at this time, during the making of this film, God, uh, Son of Godzilla, uh, that Toho did in fact require temporary licensing for King Kong and were um, in the midst of producing their very own King Kong movie, which would be their first Toho King Kong movie or the Toho version of King Kong since King, King Kong, Kong versus, versus Godzilla. Godzilla. Um, and uh, this was uh, this film was uh, titled King Kong Escapes. Uh, which would uh, also introduce uh, Mechanic King Kong, right? Or, as we uh, debated the or name, as I always call Mechanic Kong, Mechanic Kong, or Mechan Me Me King Kong. Yes. So Toho was able to get the license to uh, bring this ape to their screens once more, and as we have talked about many times, that Toho, uh, the Japanese uh, film industry, are big king kong fans mm -hmm. so what are we going what are they going to do nick they're going to bring on the a-listers to this project a shiro honda on in the director's chair music by akira ifakube who did the godzilla theme so they're like all right we're getting bringing in the heavy hitters to do it's our king kong movie and uh so that meant that once again uh, that well, what happens to the Godzilla movie? Yeah, we'll just get the B team on it again, right? Because they they can afford to make that on the cheap, right? Because they wanted yeah. the the thing is, like, it seems like that Toho was really wanted to make another King Kong movie for a long time, and mm -hmm. I, I just think they don't feels like they don't want to pass up that opportunity, and they want to make sure it's as big of a hit and as you know good of a film as you know in a sense as it could be. Whereas, like, with Godzilla, it's like, oh, we know we can do that cheaply. We know that people will go see it. Mm -hmm. yeah. we'll, just, we'll just put out another one, and and, and, and and we'll put it out there. And they already had a team on the film from Ibira, and it was the same team that they used from that. That included Jun Fukuda, who was the director, Masaru Sato, who was, uh, came back as the composer from Ibira, and uh, Sadamasa... Arakawa, who was the special effects director also on that film. Oh um, boy, does that composer come back in this one. <laughs> um, um, Arakawa, um, unlike Abira, was actually given uh, special effects credit um, on this film. Uh, nice. That being said, uh, there were still uh, major input from Subaraya, who was you know, a, the special effects veteran. Yeah, as, as, you do, yeah. as you do. Um, so, a little bit of behind the scenes of making the movie, though, yeah. is that... Son of Godzilla. Reportedly, many had felt that behind the scenes that there was... What what other stories can you tell with Godzilla? They were, they were out. He's destroyed cities. Yeah. He's been King Kong. Yeah. He's fought King Kong. Destroyed he's more cities. Destroyed more cities. Saved cities. And fought, also destroyed them, kind of. Fought aliens. Fought women from Venus. Fought a giant lobster. 
what else can you do, Will? What else can Godzilla do with his life? He is, after all, just a giant monster. So it, I, you would say, it's, I guess it's kind of time to throw in the towel, right? Well, as I said, another year has passed, which means it's time to put out a Godzilla movie. So well, we have figure to, it out. We have to figure out something. So Toho, uh, specifically uh, producer uh, Tomoyuki Tanaka, who is a also another producing veteran of the Godzilla franchise, um, decided to lean towards a different audience. Where it's like, all right, what do we do with the franchise? All right, let's 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 aim towards a different demographic. And the demographic they turned their eyes on to was the date crowd. Really? And yeah, because during this time in Japanese cinema that um that young couples were at this time a very profitable demographic to target towards. Hmm. So interesting. how interesting. Yeah, it, it's it it is going to be interesting going forward with the franchise, seeing a lot of their choices are based off of. I mean, I mean, this is movies. Uh, this is you know producing movie, and yeah, releasing movie, movies everywhere. Movie business one hundred and one. Uh, but it's interesting to see like you know who who they target. For instance, and not to spoil things too much in the future, but a lot of the reason Mothra made a big resurgence was because there was the belief that Mothra was very favorable towards the female demographic, mm-hmm. which made up a lot of film goers in Japan during mm-hmm. that time period. Going forward, I would not have expected that was the audience they were going for with this movie. Well, how? But how would they go about targeting that audience? And I'll tell you, Nick. Don't interrupt me. I'm about to tell you. Yeah, tell me. In comes a baby Godzilla, and now Mm. this is interesting to Mm. point out because once you introduce a baby Godzilla, like you may have a Scrappy Doo situation on your hands. Uh, You know. (laughs) You know. You know. I found out like when I was a kid, I just watched Scooby Doo. Just a a brief tangent. Yeah. I found out that like everybody legit hated Scrappy. Right. And I was just like, oh, I thought he was just part of the the franchise. Yeah. Think he was like the thing that people hated. When even when I saw the live action movie, I was still naive to the point like I it didn't register to me that. That this was, like was a, a meta joke as well that yeah. everybody hated Scrappy Doo. It's like, oh, that was kind of interesting. They just made him the villain. Haha, ha, that's funny. Yeah. And then it wasn't until like college until I realized like, oh, people actually hate people Scrappy hate Doo. People hate Scrappy. <laughs> but let's continue with um, this uh, with this baby. Yeah. Well, we can call it a baby. Because you would, you would think that, all right, well, we want to target towards kids a little bit that's more. That's exactly what I thought right. watching this now, movie. That when you add, when you add, when you add like a quote unquote cute kid. Right. And I say that quote unquote, <laughs> you know, you think that it's like a like a, almost like the toy thing. You like add like a cute kid. It's like you know the producer of that one Superman movie is like, let's give Lex Luthor a dog, and like yeah, it can, it's a cute dog, and kids are like the cute right. dog, or just like how uh, all the Schumacher Batman movies were or made. What people like, say, or what people say about the Ewoks. Yeah, or the the Porgs or recently, the Porgs, Baby yeah. Groot. It's all it's all the it's same. All... Um, I got I have to look into where merchandising fits in into this franchise. Because there is merchandise, but it's not like... I don't know. I'll have to look into that one. Um, But anyway, yeah. So you would think that that would be the reason why. But the idea was... And there were some reports that there may have been some influence from another uh, rivaling uh, uh, kaiju series called the Gamera series. uh, Which I don't know if we've ever talked about Gamera, but long story short, it's a giant turtle. (laughs) It's a giant kaiju turtle that can fly by, you know, uh, shooting... Uh, basically, energy out of its little arms and spinning around like a top. Yeah, Gamera is one of those ones that you just you kind of associate because Mystery Science Theater did a bunch of Gamera movies, mm-hmm. and you kind of associate just with the general 
the giant monster genre, but it's interesting that it's not part of the Godzilla series of films. It's a rival. But yeah, it's, no, it's a rival series. Definitely, that would be the crossover. And 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 actually, just the um, can Legendary the, Pictures also get the rights to Gamera? That and, and we finally yeah. get the Gamera Godzilla fight that all these fans have probably wanted for <laughs> Maybe, a long who time, knows? But potentially. <laughs> you know, that would be one of those kind of like real surprising things if one of these new movies, like said, like like referenced Gamera, like that would that would kind of be like a neat pull. Um, but, uh, those films actually came out at a similar rate as Godzilla films. Um, they didn't start until like around like the mid sixties. Um, but they were very popular with children and a younger crowd. So there was a little bit of the thought, like, I mean, you know, when you get into movie making, there's probably a bunch of different influences on a decision, but it seemed that the influence is actually to target the date crowd and specifically that, well, you know, I think if we add something like a little cute and fun, women will definitely like that. And uh, it'll definitely be appealing. All women need something (laughs) cute and fun. That is a hundred percent. The only thing. Um, so again, it's a joke. folks. (laughs) Don't want to be accused of anything. (laughs) Uh, so, given that that was the direction, Fukuda focus, decided to focus on more of a lighthearted tone movie. Like, you know, if we're going to go like with the little, uh, the little kind of baby yeah, Godzilla let's, angle, let's, 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 let's go. Let's have a little fun. Uh, and this meant that focusing more on making the monsters way more human-like than, than we've seen before, leaning into that direction, uh, which would be able to more easily achieve the father-son, quote-unquote, story uh, that we see in the film. Um, so, speaking of our uh, new addition to the franchise, uh, the son of Godzilla himself, uh, and I don't know, do you know the son of Godzilla's name? I do not. Yeah, the son of Godzilla is, is, is like, I guess throughout the movie he's only called Baby. Yeah, he's or, called like Baby Godzilla, yeah. or it's like, oh, it's like a kid guy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's never yeah. given a name, but does have an official name, and the official name is Manila. Manila. Uh, Manila was originally in, Jap- in Japan named Manira uh, for Mini Gojira, mm-hmm. and therefore in America, Mini Godzilla, mm. Manila. Um, but it was also has the nickname in America, in America, Minya, which there's no reason behind that other than it's kind of like cutesy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like hey, it's little Mina. Yeah. How you doing, little Mina? Hey, how you doing? It's like whoa. That started out as talking to dogs, really, with a baby voice, to just like kind of like a, like a like a mobster. Hey, hey, Mina. Hey, Mina. Hey, hey, the little baby. Open your mouth, Jesus. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh. So I mean. Any thoughts about me? I mean, uh, he's, yeah, he's a baby Godzilla, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I want to get it de- design wise. Do we want to talk about design? Or I mean, just... just like your general thoughts. So going in, this is a movie called Son of Godzilla. What so... an ugly baby! <laughs> <laughs> like specifically and especially the the baby that's just coming out of the egg before it grows a little bit. It looks like a deformed character from the dinosaur (laughs) television series jim henson's dinosaur yeah it's like just it looks like a piece of poo and and, to life well to be fair it is and honestly i don't want to and you know i am just going to say this but you know he is also a premature birth yes that is uh, true which uh personally i think plays into a lot of the character going (laughs) forward (laughs) oh no into the movie (laughs) 
uh, there's something quite not right about him. I mean, the thing and, is, but arguably, when he is prematurely born, he's cuter. <laughs> I don't know than what I mean, he ends up being. <laughs> well, because the thing is, is also I will say so. Yeah, so premature birth, Manila, <laughs> is one ugly baby. Mm-hmm. But Manila as kind of grown up Manila, yeah, or, or adolescent Manila, as it were. <laughs> Just looks like he's out of a completely different movie design wise. Like he looks like he's out of more of a more like anime cartoony. Okay. Like, with, with the with the more expressive eyes and mm-hmm. just kind of the design, it just feels like he's just out of a different. Like it's like he had a Godzilla isn't actually his father. <laughs> like Godzilla. Well, I mean, in all fairness, uh, they they never confirm. That, it's that it is actually Godzilla. Godzilla. All right, so I just wanted to get those brief thoughts. We'll get more into specifics yeah, about but Manila, that's just but yeah, like those are good. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, should we should we listen to the roar of Manila? Why not? It just sounds like a donkey. It's just a donkey. <laughs> the first one is just like a baby being like, hey. And daddy. And then the second one's like literally just a donkey bray. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, like, do you want to know how Manila was uh, portrayed? I thought you, I thought you were going to say conceived. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we already talked about that. Famously, I do not have information about that. Uh, and famously being that there really isn't a definitive origin right. to Manila. Uh, but I do know how he uh, his origin uh, behind the scenes uh, in terms of how he was portrayed. He was portrayed by, and uh, this is totally real, I think, <laughs> and there's no other. I, I've cross-referenced this information many times and still have gotten very vague information about this <laughs> okay. uh, by somebody named Marchin the Dwarf. <laughs> Uh, who was reportedly able to perform the expressive, nimble acts in the otherwise thick rubber suit. Now, I looked up who Marchin the Dwarf was. I cannot find any information other than multiple books have cited that he's credited as as Manila. And all I can assume is that he's probably a dwarf. <laughs> One would assume he's a giant. Yeah, it, it just... What? Marching the Dwarf? We gotta find Marching the Dwarf. Is, can that be one of our new shirts? Who is Marching the Dwarf? It's the one shirt oh, we've come man. up with that's like actually appropriate to wear in public. Yeah, who is Marching the Dwarf? Yeah, um, I don't think you can wear a woman or, or a shirt that says he fucked a, woman, a feature out of a woman. <laughs> don't think you can wear that shirt in that Disneyland. Um, okay, so uh, we are also introduced to two other monsters. Uh, I won't play their roars from them uh, right now, but um, I will talk about them. And that is uh, Kamakuras and Kumanga. Or, uh, ku- yeah, Kumanga. I Kumanga. Right. I was right the it first time. It just sounds like Kukumanga, yeah. which is like a whole different thing. Yeah. But it's Kumanga. Yeah, definitely. And what was the other one? Kamakuras. 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 Uh, so those are two. Uh, so uh, Kamakuras is... So I'll, I'll go through them right now. You'll go through G- them. So give okay. it. So uh, the Amer in the ori- in the original American dub, uh, they were actually given the names uh, Gymantis, which is actually not a bad no. name, like a monster considering name, considering what it is, which right. is a giant uh, praying mantis. And uh, the other one was Spiga, which is just, I guess, some sort Spiga. of Spiga. <laughs> um, so Kamakuras, um is. Uh, 
as you have uh, said, uh, a giant praying mantis. We are in the era of Godzilla where it's very easy to describe. Right, we had a giant monster what, yeah, what these last monsters time. Are. <laughs> this time it's like just a giant prank, but there's a couple of them. Yeah, Kamakuris comes from the Japanese word for mantis, which is uh, Kamakiri. Um, and its roar is actually a beer's roar uh, sped up. Uh, Kamanga comes from the Japanese word for spider, which is Kumo. Um, in the German release of this movie, it was stated that much like Abira in the German release of this movie, that Kumanga was a creation of Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, so I don't know why the Germans are finding this this weird continuity. I don't know why they're putting it into it, but I, I, I don't know. Hey, Dr. Uh, Frankenstein, he's like, he created a giant lobster. Didn't really work out for him. All right, well, let's try the spider. Maybe right. that'll work out. Uh, but uh, both uh, creatures, while Godzilla and Manila are portrayed via suits and uh, all the humans are portrayed uh, via yeah, humans. Human. Okay. Uh, Makes the, sense. Uh, Kamikuris and Kumanga were all portrayed by puppets and primarily marionettes. Which you can tell yeah. at some points. And yeah. uh, so at a time, uh, 20 puppeteers would need to be working at every time. And this would include also two to three people um, operating uh, each of Kumanga's legs, which I don't know if we mentioned Kumanga's a giant spider. Yeah, yes. I I mentioned that. Uh quick thoughts on our new monster editions. The the giant praying mantises would fit really well in Kong Skull Island. Okay. They would that's how I kind of feel about them. Yeah, they yeah. feel like they would like fit really well with, with uh uh Brie Larson like looking at them all wide eyed. Right. Like mm-hmm. she does with everything else in that movie. Uh I felt like uh Kumanga it was just, I mean, it was just a giant spider. <laughs> but, like, the thing was is that he, he stole Mothra's original gimmick. Yeah. Just, like, shooting, like, he just shoots his web, and it's just the exact same effect as Mothra shooting her silk. I did kind of like that they added a little bit of addition where it's, like, when it's close up, it's more of, like, a stringy spider yeah. web Yeah, like, I mean, it, yeah. It, 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 they do kind of play with it a little bit more, but it's just, like, I had, I had like... Vietnam flashbacks to just the end of the of Mothra versus Godzilla, where it's just like continuous water spray they, that turns into. They, they did truncate it a little bit more yes, in no, this it, one, it, but it is a little bit. To also your point, it's the same exact sound effects yeah. as the Mothra. Spray. I mean, like I, 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 I thought that the uh, the giant praying mantises. I just can't think of the name, even though you just Camicurus. said Camicurus. Yeah, I thought they were. For for just being giant praying mantises, I actually thought they were they're pretty neat, and I thought they just kind of played very well. Mm-hmm. Kamongo was just, I mean, it <laughs> it's a giant spider, and it because of that, it's like it it works well against the humans, but like when it fights, we'll talk about. It a so you see, so yeah, yeah, it seems like you are not very impressed when the monsters are just giant animals. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, what they got to think about, like like. It, it is definitely, like, you're right, it's more of, like, a Kong Skull Island or just a Skull Island gimmick yeah. more so right. because like what well, we will like see what with we've other seen kaiju. so far in terms of the other monsters. Like, like I know, like, in a sense, Mothra is a giant moth, but there's, like, an actual character to Mothra. That's true, yeah. Like, and there's, like, the design's really great, especially in the last movie we saw her. Uh, and just, like, the, again, that aura, the spirituality of Mothra makes that character more interesting. And with, like, Ghidorah, it's a three-headed dragon right. that, and again, it has kind of an edge to it. Mm-hmm. And even Rodan has that goofiness that kind of pulls it along. Yeah. When you guys have these giant monsters that are just giant animals, there's only so far you can go where it's like, it's, like, all I can say about it is that it's a giant spider. <laughs> like, there's no personality. You know, the, the, the best of these kaijus 
are the ones that have personality. Even like Godzilla, as those films have gone on, he's gotten kind of a very fun personality around mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And I just think that it's hard for, harder for me to get just invested in these just giant animals because they just don't seem like they have anything else to them. That's why the the uh, the, the the things, the giant praying mantises, Chemicurus, Chemicurus. <laughs> um, were a little bit more interesting because they did feel like they had like they had like the three of them and they you right, know, yeah, about, but they're like yeah. poking at the egg and it seems like you know they're they're kind of a little bit more of a of a family and like a team and mm-hmm. it just felt like that made them a little bit more interesting as even just characters in a yeah. sense. No, uh, gotcha. It's just in terms of what we've seen. Um, all right, so I have one last piece of uh, information that I found interesting uh, that actually deals into the a little bit behind the scenes on this podcast, actually, Ooh. and that is the actual acquirement. That's a word, right? Yeah. The acquirement of this film for us to watch it. Now, going into this, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I am building up the my Godzilla, my right. actual physical Godzilla collection as we are doing. Because I podcast. had it easy on my side. Yeah. Because they all all the Bond films are all from Eon, so they all came out in one big beautiful Blu-ray package. Right. And Amer- America cares a little bit more about the distribution of James Bond than they do Godzilla. Right. So I had it point. easy. For, yeah. When I pitched this podcast and we were discussing this, I already had the James Bond collection, so I already had everything I need other than Spectre, essentially. Mm-hmm. But you, you need to build this up. Yeah, so uh, when we, um, you know, at the beginning of uh, this year, right? Yeah. That's when we started this podcast. Yep. Really? It's been a while. Oh, boy. Um, when, when we were in the initial stages of talking about starting this podcast, uh, I had I knew that I was going to one of the perks of it was going to be like by the end of it or at some point during it I'm going to own all the Godzilla movies so I like the cursory look through of them and there were a couple movies that were a little bit tricky to get but this was one of the movies that was like oh crap like Amazon the movie is like. 200 bucks um and even on ebay at the time when i was looking for it a couple months ago was like all right you got to spend like the minimum i could find was like 50 bucks to to buy these and i was like "Ah, that's uh, you know not not ideal i mean i could you know you know pick up some money somewhere and 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 i can manage it somehow i don't know how but i'll I'll, I'll do it uh so i i really wanted to look into why this was and this was the best time to talk about it so originally, um, the the American DVD of this movie, along with another movie, uh, which you may find interesting, which um, uh, is Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, were two DVDs that were distributed by TriStar, and TriStar is also the company that produced the American 1998 Godzilla, uh, and was distributed in 2004 was the last time they were like, all right, well, we're releasing some Godzilla movies. But it has since then been out of print. Um, and uh, and I was looking at, like, how, how could that be? Because I was also looking at, well, what are some of the other movies distributed by? So it looks like a majority of the movies, uh, the Godzilla movies that are available for reasonable prices are primarily distributed by Sony. Right. And uh, TriStar at the moment is a, a branch of Sony right now. So all I can assume was that for somehow those two movies, the distribution deal or something either didn't get renewed or they just never 
put the DVDs back in print, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Like these two movies specifically got lost in the shuffle of being actually uh, distributed again. It's a shame Mechagodzilla got caught up in that. Yeah, I don't know. If but it's a shame but that's itself. weird because again, spoilers for a future episode. The sequel to that movie. Like so, the second Mechagodzilla movie is in print. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like I, I have that one. Right. Uh, so these were two movies I had to like go out of my way uh, to find. Um, additionally, other Godzilla films, um, as I said, are being distributed by Sony, but other distributions um, are basically the distributions of Godzilla movies across the board is all over the place. Right. Uh, because the American series that's going on right now, mm-hmm. uh, the that started with the 2014 Godzilla, is distributed by Warner Brothers. And uh, Funimation is the company that's distributing the Toho movies being made right now. Right. So distribution is all, all over the place. All over the place. Uh, but I did I did find that interesting, um, considering like how the like there you're right there is no big official reasonably priced box set for these movies. Mm-hmm. I have like one or two collections already, but that only includes like maybe a handful of the Showa series. Um, so yeah, that, that is very fascinating that like Godzilla is like this big famous thing, but it's, it, it's just interesting like how America collects them and, and you know, there is a very kind of a very strange relationship with Toho in this movie, in this series where they clearly have some, ownership over it and they feel like you know they're right uh, that that yeah they feel like some connection to it to have like that type of ownership over it but it's also kind of like this passive like not going to go out of their way to make sure it's distributed to where it needs to be and and, and just like briefly before we move on to the movie itself it's just it's also interesting just kind of because we'll talk about some of this when the bond franchise goes goes through some transitions because obviously right now they are in uh, a point period where they're trying to figure out when and whose is gonna distribute the next James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And they're even talking about, you know, very different ideas like going to Apple or going through Amazon uh, for them. But uh, the thing about it is that there is, like, Eon's the through line, and even though different studios over the years have distributed them, it's, you know, there is actually, like, a, a set path of, like, why these movies kind of went right. companies being bought and, and yeah, going out of Yeah, because Bond big... also has, like, a big, like, you know, rights kind of going right. different places. Yes, yeah. and, and and we'll get into that as the podcast but, goes on. But, 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 also, but the thing about Toho yeah. is that over the years we've seen a lot of different Americanizations from a lot of different companies. We've mm-hmm. seen UPA get involved. We've seen the guy who decided it was cool to just make Gigantis a thing. Like we've seen a bunch of different things. So it'd be you know it's just kind of interesting that there, there it's always been all over the place. And there's also no uh, like Bond. You know Godzilla doesn't have like the kind of like the the broccolis. They don't have right. like yeah, a they specific don't, they don't have, people yeah. that, mm-hmm. that that own it. And in other places across seas. Um, that you could get the DVD, so it's like one of those places because it's since it's from Toho, there's different distributions right, on it. Like all. you can actually go on IMDb and look at wh- who distributes what movies, mm-hmm. or who distributes what versions of a movie. What movies, yeah, exactly. So it's you can go. So it's like all right. So we ran. So it real is quick, just in terms of the the uh, foreign films, how they're distributed overall. That's true. Once again, like you, you know, we cannot forget that you know, despite. Uh, the similarities we're talking about our franchises one is uh technically foreign films yeah um and but the last thing i'll say is like so it was a little so i there was a lot of trepidation in how to actually get this title for the podcast itself uh but i was able to get it and uh that was uh through ebay uh, and i want to give a brief shout out uh to just the you just the username of the person i bought it by and uh, and i wrote it down as godzilla la la <laughs> 
Godzilla. La, la, yeah, there we go. Godzilla, la, 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 um, but yeah, I wanted to, I've heard that I though. wanted to give a shout out uh, to this person um, and kind of refer anybody who's interested to go to their eBay page um, who provided the uh, disc um, for very reasonably priced, like extraordinarily reasonable compared to other venues in which I've seen to buy this movie. Um, excellent packaging on the, I've shown you the DVD mm-hmm. case um, it, it this is overseas by the way I want people to know it's a it, it was shipped from overseas this person is overseas I don't want to get too specific in where it is um, but also uh, despite it being overseas it's also the NT, NT, ah, NTSC format so it's compatible with at the very least US uh, DVD players so that's not a problem um, excellent DVD quality on the picture we just yeah, got finished really watching good, it really good, really good. Um, and the buying experience was very good especially since my last time I bought something from eBay the quality of the product was fine i mean it was acceptable but not great and i was thoroughly impressed timely shipped um go to this person's page they have a bunch of different kaiju movies that either have or have not been subject to similar distribution stuff and has also provided me and i say provided and as i bought it but hey listen i'm glad i got to find it anywhere thank you godzilla yeah uh so that being said he uh we were able to get the movie watch it we've talked about it now let's talk about watching the movie the son of godzilla let's do it and we're back we're ready to rumble here That's my everything I can hear and see yeah. everything clearly That's now. My God. The rain is you gone. You like my uh, son of Godzilla? <laughs> I think you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a little bit closer to, to what we're thinking of here. Uh, so, son of Godzilla. Given uh, some of your pre thoughts, uh, pre movie discussion thoughts, I'm actually very excited uh, to to hear about your thoughts of the movie. Uh, so, quick pitch of the movie. Yeah, quick um, synopsis. That uh, scientists are on an island. Yes, they are. uh, With the hopes of uh, doing experiments of creating a weather control machine. That Um, is, uh, you know, in the right hands. Yeah. Uh, You know, can't. Unlike nuclear weapons, they could be in the bad hands. We we do get, I just want to mention, we do get the requisite nuclear weapons. (laughs) We don't get the speech at the end like last time. No, but but it's specifically like if this is in the wrong hands, it can be just as destructive as nuclear nuclear weapons. weapons. And it's just like, hey, the stakes have never been higher. <laughs> this is going to be no, because I think they, I think they said right. It's worse. It's going to be worse. It will be worse. It'd be like a million <laughs> nuclear bombs. But go ahead. Um, and also on the same island, uh, they are visited by a reporter for some reason. Another reporter yeah. here in the Godzilla franchise. One of the great tropes. One of my favorite tropes of the Godzilla franchise so far. Nu- the, the new report- monsters, nuclear men- weapon mentions, reporters. Those classic the, Godzilla tropes. These are the classic Godzilla tropes. That this is why we do the podcast are you, you know? gonna be upset if uh, king of the monsters the american sequel doesn't have a reporter in it, it should have a reporter <laughs> character because uh brie larson was a reporter that, yeah kind of kind of yeah photojournalist yeah, photojournalist yeah. and yeah. reporter you know she's getting the news yeah we need more reporters here in our gods the, that's what godzilla 2014 was missing <laughs> that's why you know nobody apparently liked that movie <laughs> even though a lot of people did like that movie <laughs> 
but no, that's, that, that, that's always that is always going to be one of those movies. It's like it's like nobody liked that movie, or did they like that movie? Who I don't knows? Know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> all right, all I know is that we like that movie. So there's a reporter uh, so there's and repor- scientists, and they're trying to figure out this weather thing. And the, the reporter's like, "I'm not going to leave until I get the story." Yeah, and then and, uh, uh, also on the same island, uh, air more monsters, uh, which include Godzilla and a son of Godzilla. A son of Godzilla. Uh, I, I, I will start. With this, with this, You're movie. Start, my, go my ahead, thoughts this movie. You know what? Th- this movie is just. It, it was just. It was just a joy for me. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was such like a fun, goofy time, and uh, I definitely gave it a lot of credit by just being so, just thoroughly, j- j- just so. Just so thoroughly joyous Mm. (laughs) and just Mm -hmm. so silly. Uh, It definitely has a tone that it immediately reveals and it sticks to. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of had a little, I had a little bit of a ball with this one, a little bit of a ball. (laughs) Nick, what did you think of the movie? There was definitely some things that surprised me (laughs) in terms of like things that I liked and, uh, yeah, uh, I don't really know what my thoughts on this movie are. Like, it's it's hard to really decipher how how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get back to it. let's get back to me on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like so. I think the instant the best place to start, as sometimes, is from the beginning. Yeah, and the only reason I say it's pretty paramount this time around is that there is a thing in the beginning in which the tone is just immediately set. And, uh, I mean, we get like this little kind of, uh, this cold open. Yeah, cold open. The, the, pre-credits. You know, it's like a, a Bond-esque pre-credits right. sequence. A little unnecessary, but it's just kind of like, it's a Godzilla movie. Right. And yeah. we're, we're actually like opening with, with a Godzilla appearance, which is not very common yeah. in these movies. Usually you build up to the Godzilla appearance, but this one... So basically the scene is a bunch of these dudes from the science team are uh, on this uh, helicopter and they get some interference with uh, their, uh, their their radar, their yeah. radar mm-hmm. communication systems. And then they just encounter Godzilla. And Godzilla at this point has the craziest looking eyes that you've ever seen on Godzilla. Like his right. eyes are just wide. He's like, what is, what, what? And the guys are like, oh my God, it's Godzilla. Oh, he's, he's gone now. Right, right. But uh, I guess. Well, see, like I, I viewed it as like, you know, we've done the slow burn so many times. Yeah, like, no, let's it, just, dude, Godzilla is in the movie. Just Here like James is. Bond going to Harlem. It was nice to have a different change of pace <laughs> with how we introduce Godzilla. Godzilla's going to a Ku Klux Klan cookout. <laughs> Yeah, but it's um, just. Uh, but immediately after that, so we, we get, get the, the title. We which get is, the opening credits. Well, but, but first, like the actual title card is more in line with like a Godzilla movie where it's like Godzilla. I'm assuming the Japanese symbol for sun, and then God, son of Godzilla. Yeah. But then it cuts to the island that we will be spending our time to, which I do not have the name of the island, but it's not Monster Island. It's not. Yeah, it's definitely not Monster not, Island. Not, no, 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 no. But. Uh, but, so the credits start, and then this just whimsical music starts. This whimsical <laughs> 80s sitcom theme. <laughs> it's like... 
what is happening? The score of this movie is completely bonkers. Well, and it's interesting because you're right, and we had talked a little bit about how they intentionally, in the last film, moved from Ifakube's score right. to Sato's score. Which, which that is that more American influence, which right. you can really feel here. Right, definitely. And... But it, what, what struck me is this one is like all the allure and the orchestrated uh, epicness mm-hmm. of that comes through the music is just n- nowhere to be it found. It definitely establishes itself as something very different than even the previous film yeah. uh, with Abira. But that, that's what I just thought was funny. It's just like instantly. It definitely establishes yeah. itself as like this is clearly a comedic romp of an adventure. Right. Because even like... Ibira had that kind of even though it had like that kind of poppy theme that it had it still had that kind of sense of an epicness to it right, right yeah, yeah, and, yeah and it still had that kind of big nature to it whereas this one from moment one it feels like this is like almost a smaller Godzilla movie like it, it you can definitely feel that like watching it that it's like this is a more like funny and like it's not like this big epic Oh god monsters are going to fight. It's more so like it's more so an intimate adventure. Yeah. In a sense. No, it, it, absolutely. Kind of, it kind of becomes that There's movie. definitely like cuz you know even though we joked about the very you know like hey man let's go surfing like vibe of yeah. like the score. Like that kind of just seems like oh that's like an unfortunate like oh that's kind of how it came off. Mm-hmm. Uh whereas you're right this one seems very intentionally like we're going for like the lighthearted like the couples are coming to see the cute little Godzilla movie. Um, so, uh, so that's, so that's that. So, and then we, uh, cut to the island in which, um, you know, they're working on this weather machine. In which they really capture the the laziness of being at a job for a really long time. It's like the hatch from, uh, from From Lost. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's just like, you know, when you're just thinking like, oh man, I've been at this, they've been on this island for three months and it's like, I can just say that these, these two coolers have the same exact temperature and then. The old man, the boss, who always has his pipe. He's like, "That's not how you do a report." And he's like, "I hate my boss." That's I mean. It's, it's do you a, think three months is long enough for a person to be like, "I've been on this island too long." Well, if you're if it's an island, right. yeah, but yeah, but like, because you're like completely. Oh, there's also giant monsters on it too. Because yeah. <laughs> because we're talking about this one guy who's yeah. basically kind of going island mad. Like yeah. he's got the madness in him. Yeah. Like he he's just like gotta get off this yeah he, he goes i gotta crazy. get off this island which kind of like is that the same guy that at the end of the movie is like we can do this is that I, that same guy i don't know <laughs> because like and the only reason i say that is because his island madness comes and goes like, this, like and and it's like really bad in the middle of the movie <laughs> that's true like he's just grabbing a gun just like he's shooting. about to kill people yeah he's just like i gotta get out of here <laughs> And then they just like basically like knock him out, and he's like, "Oh." But we are introduced to our lead character, who is uh, a, as we said, a reporter. Um, he is dropped out of a plane because uh, I think they think the UN is coming. Well, because basically the, the only yeah. people that know about the experiment are the UN, right? So the the thing is, is like there's a plane flying overhead, and they're like the only other people who could know about this is the UN. That it turns out to be this reporter is like, hey, where's the food? Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets to the table and he's Which like, is like, how did he know that they were there? And then he's also there, like, well, there's got to be a story here. And he's also doesn't seem that impressed with the fact that he finds out they're making a weather control machine. Like, he seems like, oh, that is interesting. Like, it's like, <laughs> well, dude, what's you're a the reporter. story? <laughs> that is 
is well, the story, you moron? No, because the part of it too is that he 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 first comes off the the plane. He's like, hey. How are you doing? Oh, what's for dinner? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, and, that's the first thing. Oh, and, by the way. And then, like, the next scene, he's, like, sitting at a table, like, pouting like a child. Like, <laughs> I'm not leaving this spot until I'm promised a story. Like, he's, like, pouting like he's a little kid. Like, he's just like, hey, you. And then, it, like, then it cuts to them. There's food in front of him because they were nice enough to make him food. Right. But he's still, like, refusing to eat it until someone gives him a story. Right. And then, like, he, he thinks, oh, maybe, maybe I'll sneak a little bit of, like, the meat here. And then, like, people start coming out. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing anything until I get my story. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, you're going to have to give me the story. No one asked you to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you just showed up. Um, I, I should also say, because we're going to forget, um, Harrison Ford's role in this movie is definitely the pilot that dropped off that guy. Yeah. And the only reason I say that, because it would be 100% reason for him to say, get off my plane. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the that's the that's reason. the Harrison Ford role in this movie. Um, so then, basically, they you hide, know what? They, I, I will give this is what I will give actual credit for because I actually I I honestly do think that we have seen a lot of Godzilla movies that don't quite strike that balance of a narrative flow between the monster and the human stuff. And while I definitely don't think this is this is maybe some of the least compelling human stuff and things going on, I do really feel like that there was a good amount of time spent on like at least spending some try- time trying to get to know the characters and who they are in the story and what they're doing on the yeah, island. Yeah, I think especially with, with the main professor guy, I think they kind of get into his yeah. kind of pathos and character a little bit. Yeah. And they get the, and they give some jokes, like, you know, some childish jokes, but they give, like, some, like, oh, he's, like, I guess they're, like, well, if you got to be here and you're talking about food, you got to make the food. Yeah. So then there's, like, a joke where he makes the food in, like, the water basin, and he's like, that's where we wash the underwear. And then somebody's like, oh, it's going to taste really funny tonight. Your vegetable yeah. stew's going to taste like balls. I mean, like- <laughs> for the reporter character, you know, he's not my favorite reporter that we've seen so right. far, but I think he's serviceable. He's serviceable as a protagonist, but I, he really doesn't do much, like, memorable no no no, no, no. and i and i don't even mean to say like any of these characters even are particularly interesting it's just that i do think from a narrative point of view that i do think the movie gives enough time yeah there's a through line there's like a through line to it yeah yeah i I can agree with that like i still yeah we've seen stronger human right characters and human stories but i think like this one was just kind of you know it didn't it's just it didn't like the really flow like. Yeah, the flow was nice. The, it's just I, I the can, flow see, what, other I can see what you're saying yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It's just like it didn't really, you know, it was easy to kind of just kind of be like with this one, even in comparison to like, let's just take a Bureau, which is there's, you know, similarities in, in some senses. But a Bureau kind of still had more a more fun collection of characters that you could follow, even if they weren't the most compelling. Yeah, no, that's and, true. Yeah. And this one is just like, it felt like sometimes it was a little easy to be like, Oh, they're doing stuff for the weather machine. Like we can kind of like you know, yeah. They're not really like the added characters to it. Like the thing is, is like the most personality you have is the professor because he kind of has like the main the main scientist professor who's like coming up with this weather machine because they do give a good sense of like how important this thing is to him. I think and like how much he's poured his life into it. Uh, I do love how their reason for creating the weather machine is that overpopulation is going to be an issue, and they're 
way of solving that. Like their idea is like, well, if we made Siberia more habitable, that'll solve overpopulation. I love I love this <laughs> I love the old fashioned naivety about like how changing ecosystems would be like, oh, we're gonna save the planet by like melting Siberia. <laughs> Where it's like now if you tried to pull that off, you'd be like, that's a super villain plot to like take over the <laughs> world. True. Because it's like, oh, I'm gonna melt Siberia and flood the earth. Yeah, because that's no. how that would work. One hundred percent. But like I think yeah. they do they do do a decent job, at least to try to give the the professor like a little bit of like I've been. This has been my passion. This has been something I've been going towards my whole my right, whole career. Right. Uh, and then like the the island madness dude, just because it's like he's a wild card. He's mm-hmm. the Charlie Day of of the cast here. He's just like he just grabs a gun. He's like running away. See, I can see Charlie Day as the reporter. <laughs> He's already in Pacific Rim. We can't. Yeah. We can't cross the. I'm glad he's coming back in Pacific Rim. Yeah, I am too. Um, I'm we also, can't cross the streams. Yeah. What? No, that's Ghostbusters. It <laughs> 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 might as well be in Pacific Rim. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's because like sometimes I do even as somebody who likes these movies or enjoys watching them at least that sometimes it can be a very. Like, sometimes it can be, like, the tedious, like, wait for the monster thing or other things to happen. And I do feel like the, the, the plot overall and the narrative flowed in a way where it introduced the intrigue of the island and the monsters at, at the appropriate and times. And I think it also... And, and it delivered when it was supposed to. At least that's how I felt. To an extent, too, I think it just... The way... One of the reasons that you could see it flowed is that I think it used the island dynamic and the addition of the other monsters. Right, exactly. I think like that, you know, having the praying mantises like come by at night and, and discovering, you know, well, the egg and all that all that sort of stuff. I think it, like it 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 does help the kind of you know, in terms of even comparison to something like Astro Monster, where it took forever to really get to the monsters and it didn't feel like they were there. At least this one there was more of a presence, mm-hmm. you know, of just like kind of a continual flow of, yeah. of monsters. Well, speaking of the monsters, uh, one of the re- one of the biggest things I did like about this movie, they got me just like, oh, this is my type of silly dumb monster movie. Was that so early in the movie uh, when the guy gets to the island and he's learning about like, oh, what's what's the status quo on this island? They also find we find out that they are being terrorized by giant praying mantises. <laughs> now these giant praying mantises are maybe the size of, like, Shaquille O'Neal. Like, you know, it's a, you got some Yao Ming <laughs> praying mantises I'm walking around. I'm pulling out these sports, these sports references. <laughs> um, but, um, it, but it is interesting because, like, now, that size praying mantis is too big. I would say that's, like, too big of a praying mm-hmm. mantis. But what I love is that in their one of their tests for the um, – uh, for for the weather machine involves a burst of radiation. Yeah. And the experiment doesn't work out, but what does happen is that it grows the giant praying mantises into even bigger giant praying mantises that are the size of Godzilla. And they're being terrorized by this group of giant praying mantises. And that's what I was like, oh, the goofiness of this movie was like, we accidentally grew the pregnancies which is insane to me but this is where i do find that like you know more so than ever they basically make a very monster centric uh plot line yeah it, it, i will agree with that too it, it, it is a little bit more of a monster centric plot, plot line but just also because it actually 
The one thing I can give it credit for at least trying is to give Godzilla something more to do yeah. other than just kind of walk around and destroy things. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, at least like I don't know if it fully succeeds, and we'll talk about that a little bit more probably very soon. But at least like it's it's an attempt to kind of give Godzilla a little bit more like adding to that character of of Godzilla. Well, see, it's interesting because then you had this criticism about the uh the monsters we see the Kamakuras and Kamanga in this movie like I almost would argue that this is some of the more maybe not personality but definitely defined characters uh in in Godzilla that that um we've seen especially compared to Abira which you know Abira is just kind of like the bad guy lobster you're bad lobster (laughs) you know uh it's it's your it's your standard trope you know the bad lobster bad lobster um and uh been them a production company <laughs> bad lobster bad lobster <laughs> um but i do feel like in this one like you could almost see very animated like maybe saturday morning cartoon tropes in here like you have like you're introduced to your first group of villains which is this trio of like this almost this pack of of uh, giant praying giant man. praying mantises uh which you know i thought was kind of like a cool thing and it's kind of like this weird like biker gang of giant yeah. monsters like i said like yeah. i think that they they came across as actually interesting considering they were just right. giant praying mantises they kind of reminded me of like the you could consider them maybe like the hyenas from uh, yeah. the lion king right yeah that, um, that would make sense and uh but eventually they uh are banging away at this rock which reveals a giant egg uh right after they after they mess up a storm simulation thing for the yeah 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 well that's but that's part part that's why the rock it's it's in the rock because it's been this really big bad storm that was created because of the interference interfering with the test right exactly they instead of creating you know cold and then hot it created this really devastating storm the 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 disturbance that the monsters is causing like the the equipment is another thing that just kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Almost unnecessarily so. Like, it Cause, comes cause it's eventually, and it doesn't even yeah, ruin I mean, anything. It really just yeah. eventually reveals that it's just Manila. Yeah. Like, psychically linking to Godzilla or calling out for him is causing these interferences. Right, exactly. And uh, But that's basically just an excuse to kind of have a little bit of drama with the... With but, the- like, as the movie goes on, like, it'll happen... But then it'll like go away, so it doesn't even like actually create right. the tension. It, it's very weird. But so anyway, so the Kamakurai, as I call them, are uh, banging away at this rock, which reveals an egg in which they basically smash this egg open to reveal a very slimy, turd-like Manila. And <laughs> this thing was disgusting. <laughs> like I cannot say. Like not cute at all. It was just like the, the, very... the first one that came out of the egg. Yeah. No, it was just like <laughs> writhing around. It was like a very dark and dirty color. You like didn't... it just was like kind of like it just looked like a piece of poo. You, it did. You, you didn't feel at all bad. I mean, it was so sad. It was like this little kind of baby getting poked at by these giant pranks. I, mean, I, I guess I felt bad. I felt bad. I it's felt like, bad. It's like I mean, crying and shit. Yeah, it's all confused. It's pre- it was said a premature birth, most likely. I yeah. Mean, Godzilla didn't get the hatchet naturally or however yeah. it would have worked. But and like, again, like the movie is not. It's is just like just not, was not appealing of a design at all for me. This movie is also, as we said before, is not. Uh, does n- never confirms that it's Godzilla's actual son 
just like just kind the characters of, just was like, oh, that must be Godzilla's kid. Yeah, and everybody's like, well, or I, just like a baby Godzilla. I guess. Yeah. Um, but like, so I want to talk about Manila a little bit, and I know I made fun of him a little bit, but he is prematurely born. Like these giant praying mantises basically smash this egg open, and then he's born. And Manila, like, there's something wrong with this guy. <laughs> There just is. I'm sorry. Like, there's, like, kind of, like, cute character traits that you have with a baby. Like, he's very playful. Uh, you know, he's kind of cowardly. He brays uh, like a donkey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but there would be other things, like, the slightest aggression put to him by anybody, and he'll faint. <laughs> like, it's just, like, literally, one of the characters, like, judo chops him, and then he, and then, but he'll just, like, pause for a little bit. He's like, oh. And then, like, and then he faints like he had, like, a minor stroke or something. I'm like, something is wrong with this kid. And, and like, but, I mean, I have to be honest. Like, I, I was all on board with the cute factor on this and just, like, the whimsy put in. There's so much physical comedy in this movie. Yeah. Where it's, like, Godzilla will accidentally, will, like, turn around and, like, accidentally, like, bang Manila with his tail. And Manila will be knocked down. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, be, so let's be throwing a temper tantrum on the should, ground. I guess we should just talk about uh, the various ways in which Godzilla and Manila bond yeah. during this movie. I was all you on know, board they, for that stuff. It was it was pretty good. Like I, I will admit that like it. I I just wish that Manila had a little <laughs> bit of a better character design for me, because I actually did like in terms of. Buying into the type of movie that this was, mm-hmm. and you know we've been talking about a lot that we're kind of very open for all these franchises to kind of do these different and silly, wonderful things. And I'm open to Godzilla, you know, teaching his son how to breathe atomic, you know, have an atomic breath, and and then Manila's like has like a smoke ring of atomic breath, and which uh, is uh, a famous thing about mm-hmm. this character is yeah. the smoke ring. And uh, you know Godzilla then steps on his tail and got, and uh, Manila like breathes the atomic breath and he's like, oh my god, dad, I did it, I did it. There's one point where Manila's basically having a temper tantrum uh, because like I guess like he helped save so I forget what what the exact context, but I think he saved somebody and then Godzilla's like, what are you doing, son? Like you, that's we we. Don't you you don't like walk away like me from that right? And then Manila just like rolls on his back and starts like t- having a temper trap and like like a little like a little like the little kid that he is and Godzilla and just <laughs> drags him by his tail by his tail and heads drags him away. So and and as 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 the reporter character says to uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the woman, which I want to talk about a little, a, a little bit, is the the female character of this movie. Yeah. Um, he says, oh. He's not he's not a mama teacher. He's a papa teacher. And it's like, what does papa teacher mean? He's like, there's no fun here. And it's basically like Yeah, there's no it, time for play. There's no time for play. And it's basically like kind of the implication that Godzilla's like a hard ass parent. Right. And like he's, he'll, all, he'll 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 hit his kid if he needs to. But in all fair yeah, there was a couple times where he did do the raise the hand thing. But in all fairness, the this Godzilla had no problem adopting this kid. No. Came to his rescue, came back from him. Like he, it's tough luck. Yeah. Like this is essentially like Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also what? love that scene because he, she was like, he's like, oh, yeah, there's no time for play with Papa teaching or whatever. And then she's like, oh, that's so sad. And then his reaction to that is like, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to talk about her real quick because it does okay, lead to yeah. one of my favorite lines of the movie. Is, so, so basi- by the way, there's a chick in this movie. Yeah, so basically, like, <laughs> all the scientist people are like, swear 
on heaven on high that this island's abandoned and there's nobody on it. But then the reporter character is like doing just rounds like around the island, just walking around in his bright yellow shirt, and he sees this woman like swimming in the water. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Oh, oh, uh, I'm gonna dive in the water. I'm possibly a mermaid. Who knows at this point for the audience?" <laughs> uh, and then basically he's trying to convince the group, like, "Hey, I saw this woman. It's like this island's abandoned. There's no way there could be a native woman here or, so, or whatever it is." But later, like they hear a noise at the camp. And they find out it's this woman. Right. And basically they're like, oh, like they're like chasing after her, trying to figure out like what she is. And one of the scientist guys like, but she can't be a native. She's not giant like everything else. That, that was amazing. And I'm like, that is, that's my Godzilla line of the movie. That line was fantastic. Just like assuming that everything would get giant because of the, the stuff yeah. that they've done. Well, that would have been amazing if Godzilla fought a giant woman. Like if it was Godzilla versus the 50 foot woman, right. I'd see that movie. Legendary, make that movie happen. 100%. Uh, but um, yeah, but it's also like that's another. It's like again, it's funny because you mentioned a couple episodes ago that we're like, oh, we're getting these like great female, like independent female characters. <laughs> they just reverted right back, right? Because like we did, we did have some actually cool female. Yeah, we did. Report, for, we had a female for a while, reporter yeah. characters and the Venus character that I thought was really great. And then it's just like the past two movies just spent. It's just been the like the the Bond girl of just like well we gotta have it we have we gotta have a girl let's right. just throw her in here and like and also not like, even like really explain like you know kind of quickly explain like who she is and where she's from and yeah like they say like there's a very brief thing that it doesn't really matter at the end of the no, day. No, I mean it doesn't. It's she's like it's the based- daughter of a scientist who was on that island at a previous point and therefore grew up on the island. Yeah, but it's also like. Like, the scientist doesn't play a factor at all. Like, she only has, like, she has some basic information of the island. That's right. essentially all. And she's and at that, one point, she's like, oh, maybe I can return to where my father was from. Right. But, like, there's, like, again, there's no real attempt of, like, making her a character. She's just no. like, it's like, we need a girl. There, the there, there is, like, that kind of, like, one scene that you can see the shift happen immediately. It's the scene where he's, she's talking to the reporter. Mm-hmm. And you're you kind of have, like, this little rapport of, like... Oh, like I'm not a thief. This is my island. Like you know, yeah. thing. And then she gives back like the thing that she accidentally stole or whatever. She's like, okay, fine, because I'm not a thief, so I'm gonna give this back to you. And then the guy's like, oh no, it's like, yeah, fine, you can have it. And then immediately she's like, really, I can have it? And I'm like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> what happened? No, I just wanted to mention that mostly for the line, but yeah. also just to kind of discuss how it really was like felt like we were getting these really cool female characters here. Right. No, movies, you're right. And, you're then, right. and then it kind of just. Well, he doesn't fight a giant uh, woman, but he does fight a giant spider. And yeah. then we get to Kumanga, which all of a sudden again, a giant I, spider shows up. I do feel like, for me at least, fits in that role of like the even badder villain. Because yeah. you have like the. See, I feel like, you know, he was. I thought that it was threatening enough where, as the Kamakuruses were kind of like the very like hyena, like, you know, they're going to attack people, but they're also kind of mess with you. They're going to like push you over in this one. Whereas like Kumanga, uh, Kumanga was just like a straight up killer like he's just killing the praying mantises he's gonna kill manila wants to kill godzilla fights dirty pretends to be dead stings godzilla in the eye i'm on board for it well i think like we'll, i want to we'll transition this and talk about some of the fights but i felt like just as just as like a, a presence and a character i just i didn't feel that with kamunga mm-hmm. i just felt that he was in essence just a giant spider and i think like the yeah, I mean, I think, like, there were some elements of just, like, the way that they had the humans react to him and the way that he did kind of overtake things easily that you did 
buy him as a threat, but I just wasn't really just interested in just mm-hmm. him on his own just because yeah. he just I, I is liked like, all, a, like the I did like the web stuff. I did like him, like the big puppet work of like it's it, the people it, and the giant claw reaching in at the people through I like mean, a crevice. Just, I liked all it's, that it's, stuff. It's true. It's like I, the truth is, it's like the web stuff would be cool if it just wasn't the exact same thing as the silk oh, okay, stuff with Mothra. Like I just think that the two things are so similar, and I just like Mothra better. That's fair. Uh, but what I did want to mention is that I thought again, kind of buying into just what the movie is and the tone, the more slapsticky nature of the fights mm-hmm. I actually thought was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially the, with like, especially with like, they're getting better with the fights. Yeah. In these and, movies. and just making them a unique. Cause that's what I, I mean, my complaint about Ibira was that like the fights weren't really anything we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, movie did find an, uh, an, a spin on the rock throwing. Yeah. <laughs> I was really, I was disappointed that like Godzilla and Manila didn't have like a rock catch, like you know, they don't like play if, catch. They don't play catch because yeah. that would have been the perfect. Well, there's, no time, there's no time for play. But it's like a you know, it's like it's it's if Ego <laughs> and Star Lord can find time to play catch with energy balls, I'm sure Manila and Godzilla could find a little time to play with rocks. With rocks, but but just in terms of even the Manila stuff, like as much as I don't, as much as I don't think the characters really that cute or like could have been designed to be cuter uh i think that like the way that they do the fighting where it's like it's like this kid who wants to protect these humans and fight off the big bad you know praying mantises and and spiders but just isn't powerful enough Mm -hmm. and they do do interesting things with the fight in terms of the, the the comedy nature of it even what even in the final fight with godzilla and manila teaming up against the uh the the uh the giant spider in a third act um <laughs> uh, uh that's a that's an inside joke <laughs> yeah uh they stayed even with the com- the the seriousness of like you know oh he's playing dead there's still like a lot of comedy that they play with mm-hmm. like you know godzilla and manila trying to team up but they're like not exactly on the same page and mm-hmm. there's just stuff like that throughout the film that i thought actually like brought a new breath of fresh air to the fights and made them probably the most fun part of the movie mm-hmm. uh, just I, I can overall. agree with that yeah. I, uh, also uh, one of the best parts of the movie which is uh, during the fight is that Godzilla does his famous throw or kick a rock at somebody yeah. in which one of the Kamakuras passes it to another Kamakuras and the Kamakuras kicks it back and forth like it's a soccer ball like he's about to shoot it in a goal and Godzilla is following the ball with the rock with his eyes and then the character shoots it and just nails Manila right in the head so and I'm just like I was all aboard I so kind of the Godzilla stuff. tropes we've established we've got reporters we've got nuclear weapons being yeah. briefly mentioned we've got rocks yeah these are the things legendary if you're listening you again why did your Godzilla 2014 fail? Didn't Ta- fail. Yeah, but why people did, liked it. Why did it fail? Because did you, didn't, you didn't have rocks in it. Yeah, yeah that's the tagline. Godzilla of- should have thrown rocks at the Mudos. That's the tagline of uh, King of the Monsters. He's got a rock, <laughs> and it's the rock. Can he throw? The, can he throw the rock at uh, Ghidorah? Can he just pick up a rock, but when he throws it, it's the rock. It's Dwayne Johnson, like, as it's soaring through the air. Amazing. Um, And uh, so, yeah, uh, and the rest of the plot, as what happens with these movies, just kind of goes the way that you think it is. And I, But, again, I do want to give credit to, I think that the movie 
goes at a pace and has all the necessary elements where it's like, all right, it's these people on an island, stuff goes wrong, and then they have to make uh, – there's like enough peril and things that happen that eventually it's like, all right, well, we have to get off the island. And uh, eventually what happens is that they – what? Is that you? I don't know. I, I think that is you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but their final uh, effort to get off the island is like, all right, they're going to use the weather machine to essentially freeze the island. Which and it seem- probably could completely ruin the ecosystem. Right, which – in retrospect, seems very unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, because their issue is like, well, there's monsters, but they're like, we need to get off the island. It just kind of seems like a dick move at that <laughs> point. Like, there's no reason. Right. Because like, they like, get cause... notification that, like, help is on the way. So just wait for them to get there. Right. Because right now it's like Godzilla Manila versus Kumonga. It's yeah. like, it's a distraction enough. You can just run to the boats. Right. But, like, no, we've got to, like, we've got to destroy. We've got to destroy an entire <laughs> island. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, they they it's almost like they feared these becoming a weapon. Yeah. And then they made it a weapon. They became that which they feared most. Nuclear weapons. Um uh but yeah, but that was another thing I did think was interesting is like we've never seen that setting before that Oh, for like a, a the, winter the island turns into a winter wonderland. And the then end. so yeah, so the island turns into winter at which point, one one of the characters is like, oh, it's okay. Godzilla will just hibernate. He'll be fine. And it's like, you don't know that. Godzilla's never he, been... He was, he was definitely mansplaining to that girl, yeah, so she like, wouldn't be upset. He'll be great. But then, like, you cut back to the island, and, like, Manila's, like, struggling in the snow as if it's, like, the end of True Grit, where, like, oh, like, it's, like, the dark ending where they're, like, trying to get to, like, shelter, but it's, like... Right. Or it's, like, that scene in Monsters, Inc. where they're in the Himalayas, and they're, like, oh, there's no hope for us. And then, like, Manila's, like, falling in the snow, and he's, like, dying. And it seems like Godzilla's going to abandon him for a moment. Right, because Godzilla, he's a bachelor, man. He's used to fighting the monster, roaring his way across the island. And also, probably, he's never fucking seen snow before. Yeah. Sir Mr. Reporter Guy, who's just assumes that, like, (laughs) oh, yeah, all reptiles hibernate. I mean, it, I was going to say... Godzilla's like, a giant bear, isn't he? He's just going to hibernate for the winter. I was also going to say that, well, he was in a uh, in an iceberg in King Kong versus Godzilla, but I'm not sure about how that canon was, that movie is. First of all... He assumed a well, lot. The thing, like, the thing was, first of all, like it's at the end of Godzilla Raids again, he right. gets in the iceberg, but the iceberg is essentially like... The whole plan is like they're going to freeze him in the iceberg so he's dead. Right. Like They're not going to say, oh, well... That's he'll, true. Yeah, he'll be hibernating, and it'll be up to us to stop nuclear weapons so that Godzilla can never raid again. It, it, it's like freezing somebody until you find a cure. We're gonna freeze Godzilla until we find, which is actually that. Hmm, that's touched upon. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, Something like this is touched. I upon. was. I mean, but, but yeah. at the same time, I dude. I, I was all into that kind of stuff. Like, the whole, like, Godzilla and baby Godzilla. You know, I, I, I'm i going to be straight up. I bought into the arc of this relationship. I followed it all the way through. I'm sorry that you think he looks like a turd. He kind of does. But <laughs> Manila. I mean. But I bought into the father-son relationship this, I mean, between is the it, two. Is it, it was very cute and very. It's, it's a different Godzilla suit for this movie, right? Yes. Because I don't actually like the Godzilla design of this movie that much. No, it's, it's not great. Yeah, this the snout is a little bit too short. The eyes are kind of like yeah. yeah. 
But yeah. it's like I but I did buy into this very and they have like this kind of sweet tender moment where they're going to hibernate together at the end. And I, I think that they found for me the middle ground of making Godzilla like the kind of like tough bachelor who's very willing to take care of this kid, but without t- tipping into the like Godzilla's an asshole. Right. I bought into it. I liked it. I also liked how they seemed happy that like, oh, our weather machine finally worked. Right. Like, cause the, but I'm the, like, the, asshole, the, you left that on the island. Yeah. Because the professor, <laughs> like, there's one of the scientist guys, and he looks over, it's like, professor, professor. And the, the, the professor, the scient- the main scientist just looks over, and he's like, he's just like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's that, he didn't say yeah. He gives that, like, he's that you- nod, it's like, I know we did it. Yeah. And it's up to us to make sure nuclear weapons will never be. <laughs> That's the one disappointment of this movie. The one true disappointment the, that they didn't have the speech. The, the speech at the end about like because you could have done it because it's like he looks upon it. Maybe the professor's like, it's a good thing we destroyed this weather machine, even though they didn't. But I guess it. the goal. I guess like the implication was like. Oh, like he's happy that like well we succeeded we made it because that's his whole life like that was a whole. But isn't like your whole life to be able to make it to solve like the overpopulation the <laughs> by world? Like, melting an entire ecosystem yeah, like, over in Siberia? Yes, and, and really all you done like yeah I guess like you did make it but you all you des- in fact you destroyed an- in fact you made another uninhabitable place. Like that's all you did. You made an island of snow in like the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Your 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 goal was to create a weather device that could create more habitable locations, and all you've done is create another inhabitable location. And guess what, asshole? You left all the equipment there. So what the fuck are you so happy about? And you probably left <laughs> your notes there too. So you've left like anything that you could use to rebuild it or for for. For proof that you did it. What a dildo. It's, <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> I mean, nobody died. Or did I did I miss it? No, no. We thought that one guy, Kumonga, was going to kill him, but he, he made it out. Are we happy that Island Madness guy seemed to be cured? He seemed like he was having a really difficult time with yeah. his situation. He, he Well, he had some of the fire juice, remember? And then he got better, I think. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, it's funny because like, you know, for, you know, big monster movie where there's a lot of destruction, like it's not really known for like a very specific body count. Oh no, no, it's not. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, we've had, we've had characters like, you know, even villain characters. And it's mostly characters. villains though. It's, right. it's never like, it's just interesting to me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's, that's all I have to say about the movie. Do you have any final thoughts on Son of Godzilla? At the end of the day, it's fine. Okay, I mean, I, I just like. It wasn't bad. Like it's not on a level of Godzilla raids again. It's not on the level of Astro Monster, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I had a lot more fun with like Ibira, so it's mm-hmm. probably like I wouldn't say it's bad, but you know. And I, again, I, I will say that I enjoyed uh, kind of the uniqueness of the monster fights and to a certain degree, like just certain elements of the film. But it just like it didn't. It didn't capture me as much as uh, it captured you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely captured me um, very easily. Master ball shit. Yeah. <laughs> One try. Uh, no, but it's like I I, I bought into it. Um, I enjoyed this more than Abira. Um, I think I admire its completely different tone that it, it takes. I I've thought that it was uh, very reasonably paced narratively. Um, everything made sense, even though even if some of the human stuff wasn't the most compelling, um, I just thought it all worked enough to be this kind of 
like child friendly whimsical Godzilla movie mm-hmm. and I and I think it all worked for me. Um, I'm happy for you. Cool. Uh, let's talk about the post release. Uh, so Nick, I think uh, this may have something a little bit to do with the issues of distribution. Maybe not. Um, I don't think so because Abira kind of had the same thing too. Uh, so forget I said that. Uh, but this film was never theatrically theatrically released in the U.S. and was actually sent directly to television mm-hmm. um, two years after its release in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this didn't re- uh, get to America until 1969. Um, we went to the moon in 1969. Yeah, that's a uh, song from Even Stevens. Yes, it is. I'm yeah. glad you caught that reference. Oh, that how, does does nobody else catch that reference? No, but it's just like it's like we, we went we, to the, the moon, moon in 1969. 1969. Yeah, no, of course. Well, I mean, because it's also just a factual statement. We did go to the moon, right? In but that's kind of how yeah. I remember. No, it. but it's uh, no. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm. I'm happy you caught that. Listen, Weird Al Yankovic teaches me that there's like famous rap songs and Disney uh, sitcoms teach me about important historical facts. Right. But uh, we also remember that the according to the Diamonds of Forever, the moon landing was fake. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so once again, with every Godzilla movie met with decent enough success um, on the critical side, uh, the film was met with a tepid response i would say mm-hmm. that i do think that uh the tone and the monster fights were praised for the most part in terms of like oh this is kind of like a fun romp and the monster fights are good but was still ultimately dismissed as like but it's still childish mm-hmm. so we're really getting to that point with godzilla like these are cheap monster movies which yeah. we've talked about before but we right. can see the the trend still continuing this does hold a 63 percent on rotten tomatoes though which is technically fresh um, which consists of five fresh reviews and three rotten reviews for a total of eight reviews. Now, these aren't like big name reviews mm-hmm. for critics, but I thought like, you know what? Why not? Let me read some Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Let's, 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 let's dig into. Do you RT. want a fresh one or a rotten one first? Uh, let's go with a fresh one first. Let's, let's start with the positives. Son of Godzilla. This is from Steve Biodrowski. From Cinefantastique, <laughs> Son of Godzilla is actually quite entertaining on its own juvenile level. Uh, from Alex Sandell of Juicy Cerebellum. <laughs> Cheesy, good Godzilla fun. How could you not like it? All right, so those are two fresh the reviews. Two fresh. Let's, let's, get, let's, let's get into the rotten core of this apple. <laughs> from right here. Tim Brayton uh, from Antagony and Ecstasy. Want to know what it looks like when the bottom falls out of a movie franchise? Because it looks like Son of Godzilla. <laughs> Great source materials for these reviews. Original score, 3 out of 10. <laughs> was the score they gave it. And um, from Steve Crumb of Kansas City, Kansan. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Steve, Steve Crumb, Kansas City, Kansan. <laughs> That's what it says. What are you looking at? That is what it says. I can confirm. What um, is that? Okay. Um, a baby big breath? <laughs> you betcha. Just who or what was Godzilla's spouse? <laughs> um, you know, it, it's kind of kind of going into the very fan side of this. Mm-hmm. It seems like people don't, the fans, and this makes sense, but it is always interesting because you see division in fans of everything. 
there doesn't really seem to be a any hangups on the fact that it's like a cute Godzilla thing. And in fact, like it the more I get into hardcore Godzilla and Kaiju fandom, they're very much open to the sillier it is. The better it is because it's like guys in suits and miniatures and stuff. In fact, if anything, they have more of an adverse reaction to the um, what's it called to like the 2014 Godzilla, right? Which is very more serious, yeah, more earnest and everything. Um, so yeah, so that is uh, Son of Godzilla. Uh, the last things I will mention is that uh, Kamakuris and Kumanga will return again, uh, as will Manila in various. Shapes and forms. Um, all right, that's it for this episode. All right, well, where are we going next time on uh, the Godzilla side? Of uh, so uh, we went a little bit smaller, as you said this time, but next time we are going, we are going bigger. We are going massive. In fact, we are not just seeing two or three monsters. We are seeing all the monsters, Nick. Because next time it is time to destroy. All monsters. That is the poster that we yeah. have in our apartment. So, but uh, until, it's one. It's one of the big ones, I'm sure. Until we get to that point, Nick, we are actually going to the bond side of things. And what are we doing there? So we're going to the bond side of things with a little movie called Man with the Golden Gun, mm-hmm. uh, which I've mentioned is uh, not well respected among the uh, bonded film fandom. So it'll be really interesting to talk about. And, and this will be a rewatch for me. Yes. I've and seen it'll this be one. a little bit of a preview because just a preview just a little bit is actually going to be a little bit of a transition for the Bond franchise. So it'll be really interesting to chat about that. Cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm good. You good? I'm good. All let's, right. Let's do the plugging. Yeah, plug. All plug right. away. All right, let's do this. You can email us, bonzillapod at gmail.com. You can like and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud, facebook.com slash bonzilla007, twitter.com at bonzilla007. That's it. All right. That's the way the news goes. Yeah. More Rick and Morty. Um, Okay. That's (laughs) it for me. I'm done. All right. Well, uh, I'm Nick. I'm Will. And God damn, is that baby ugly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks they're... I mean, Godzilla seems like the kind of dad who'd be like, yeah, it's an ugly baby. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.